I just got back from Rise of the Resistance and I am exhausted from the entire experience, both good and bad. We're going to talk about it on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and to my right, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Every week, Henry and I get together to discuss the latest and greatest news, park happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. As always, though, it does need to be said that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company, and as always, though, his opinions are his own. Nobody's going to tell Henry what to say. No. Ever. No, no. How you doing, man? Uh, Great, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have a good week? Pretty good. I'm uh, preparing for my next trip. What? Yep. No way. Way. Ding. Okay, we've got we've got a trip alert. <laughs> yeah. What? So uh, when? What? Uh, first week of March, me and uh, my wife are going to go down, and we're going to meet up with my little sister and oh. my older sister. Oh man! So it's a family trip. Oh. It's a mini family reunion. Nice. That's a good spot. Oh yeah. That should be good time. So. Uh, we're, we'll, I definitely want to hear more about this at a later time. I mean, you're planning on hitting everything up. You're going to check out Rise of the Resistance. Uh, yes, we do plan on doing that. Uh, but the trick is, my little sister is uh, is carrying. She is pregnant. Oh. Yep. So that, uh, you know, I uh, so I just got back from Disneyland last week. I wanted to make sure to hit up Rise. Uh, of the resistance right during opening week. And I saw so many pregnant women there. It was one of those questions of like, this, this seems like probably the last place I would want to be if I was, if I was carrying. Well, I mean, uh, she's actually, uh, surprisingly, if you look at me, she is in really good shape. So yeah. yeah, she's, she's in good shape. And right now she's early enough that she can actually, you know, still travel and I think this is kind of her last hurrah before, you know, she's got a little bundle with her and then it's a family affair when she travels. So this is kind of like a, a last hurrah for us all. So uh, a trip for herself before it's a trip for, you know, the young one. Yeah. So it's uh, a good excuse. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, but I mean, it's it's great because uh, I get to see my my little sister because she actually lives in alaska so it's Man. yeah it's not a it's not a uh uh like a quick jaunt to go see her yeah and uh you know so and then of course i get to see my older sister as well so which is always interesting because when we get together they look like they're their siblings uh, I don't look like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, it's 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 always kind of weird because people don't associate with me with them. Uh, it's always been something that's always been an awkward moment. Also with my mom, people usually think I'm her boyfriend <laughs> and not her son. Um, wow. Well, it's also because I'm a lot taller than my mom. I see. So yeah. So it's part of that, isn't it? But uh, not that I look that old but I mean, <laughs> no man not at all but it's it's just they don't associate me with my uh, my mom right so hey man but the countdown has begun oh yeah you're excited oh yeah i'm already uh getting things like in order and you know we already it's like it's been it's 
been fast and furious trying to get, you know, reservations yeah. and all that stuff lined 60 up. 60 days out, man. It's time. It's not even 60 oh, days. Oh, okay. So reservations have not opened yet. No, we got we got our uh, reservations, but it's, it's you know, we got 30 days. Oh, in, yeah. So we're trying to get it. Plus, come to find out, there's a uh, convention going on that week. So Perfect. Oh, man. It's, it's been timing. like, oh, man. We were just like... Uh, the cost of like uh, getting a hotel in the areas were like skyrocketing oh, and, and snapping up quick. So it was like, ah, you need to get this right, you know, right now. And then, you know, of course, always we want to make a trip. Uh, I want to uh, take my sister to uh, Blue Bayou. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, trying to get a good a good time for a reservation there. Were you able to get a reservation? Oh, yeah. But yeah. it was pretty late in the, in the evening for dinner. Uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, but you know, those prices go up. Uh, well, it's not the, it's not the the late time, but I mean, it's always, you know, six, six to seven is usually the good time to mm. like try and get it. I, I want to say we're like almost like nine, like around nine almost. Mm. It's pretty late. But, uh, You're just saying generally it's, it's late to eat dinner at that time or yeah. oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, maybe it'll be a little less crowded. Probably not. Oh, I, I doubt it. Slammed constantly. Oh man, it's going to be pretty packed because I think uh, that day is just like one of the first days that all the like I guess the the expo or whatever that's <laughs> going on yeah. is going to be like people are starting to come into town for it. Got it. So it's it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, man, it'll be uh, all of that spillover won't go into Disneyland. And uh, I mean, it will, we'll be fine. I mean, we're going to we'll have enough time to like do stuff and whatnot. Max passes. Maybe, probably. We'll see what happens. I probably will get it just so we can have the uh, the, uh, the photo pass. Oh, yeah. So we can take pictures. with. It's good bonus. Yeah. I mean, I usually like. I don't take pictures, but yeah, <laughs> trying to find a picture of me usually is like trying to find a picture of Bigfoot. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> In more ways than one. But yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, man, it has been a crazy week in park news as well, man. Mm -hmm. So there is a whole lot to discuss. We're going to get right into it right now. So, uh, first and foremost, coming from the LA times rise of the resistance is everywhere. I mean, everyone is talking about it. And uh, as you would expect, Disneyland just said it was just as popular as you would expect that it was. Uh, so um, they're using at Disneyland the same process that they were using at Disney World for Hollywood Studios, that they have a boarding pass system. So we'll talk a little bit about more, uh, more about this later. Um, but basically, you have to be on your phone Log into the Disney app the second that the park opens, request a boarding pass. You get something from like 1 through 140, I think, is what they're giving out. And Disneyland will say if, uh, you know, any any pa any boarding group past like 70 or 80, depending on how late the park is open, is uh, any any group past those are not guaranteed to ride. Oh. So, um so, I mean, it's just been crazy in the uh, each morning at Disneyland for this first opening week. Um, but uh, I guess this was this was what they expected. So, 
to quote a Disney rep, they said, uh, guests are having a blast experiencing Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, and the virtual queue allows them to enjoy another uh, other areas of the park first instead of waiting in line. Okay, sure. I mean, it's... Uh, it's a hassle, man. It's it's totally insane, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, also, uh, Disney announced this last week that they are doing a Star Wars night as part of their Disney After Dark series. So uh, this is going to be another special ticketed event held on August 27th, and it's going to take place um, right during the opening night of Star Wars Celebration. So you want to talk about expos and spillover. <laughs> I think there's going to be, I think those are going to be some crowded days in the park, uh, that weekend for, uh, <laughs> for celebration. Oh, for sure. Those are supposed to be pretty good. They're a little on the pricier side. So I always kind of look at that in bulk, but I did see last year they had that nineties night and they rolled out a bunch of like Disney afternoon, um, merch and characters and mm. stuff like that. That was cool. I, I always like that. You know, it's good. I mean, Disney's the nostalgia factory anyway. So oh, yeah. I always like seeing that. Um, also from Disneyland, there is updated info on this new Disney vacation club tower that we heard about first in November. Uh, so the OC registers reporting that, uh, Disney has filed their final site plan for the proposed Disney vacation club tower. Um, and it's going to be right next to the current Disneyland hotel. Um, now if you're not familiar with uh, Disney Vacation Club. It's basically their timeshare program. Um, so you buy into it. Uh, you can also, though, if you're not, if you don't have a timeshare, um, they have a whole program where you can rent points as well. So if you want to stay at any of these DVC locations, um, you can just rent points. So uh, I'm not super familiar with that. I don't know if you are familiar with that system no. too. It's definitely something that you don't see as much of out here on the West coast. I know that, I mean, they just have, um, they just have a new uh, resort location at Disney world that just opened up for that's, that's a DVC tower. Um, so uh, you see a little bit more of that um, out in Orlando, but uh, basically it sounds like, uh, it's going to be positioned right next to the Disneyland hotel and that it's going to share the arrival and check-in services. Um, specifically called out were a Mickey shaped spa and that there will be no food nor new food or retail facilities. Uh, and so if this is approved, it's going to be estimated to be completed around 2023. And this all comes after um, that scrapped Disneyland luxury hotel uh, that was officially canceled in late 2018. So um, it seems like they're doing, they are adding another hotel, but with like a twist. Maybe it's like a little, I don't know, a financial kind of safety net because it's timeshares instead of a whole new sprawling luxury hotel. Yeah, it sounds like it's it's a way to get people more to join that, join their club. Yeah. So they actually have a place to stay in the Disney area, Disneyland area. So, yeah. I guess, so a thought that I had while reading this, and this was kind of my thought as well with the luxury hotel that they had planned previously. But I mean, I I guess there is the grand Californian, which is luxury. Oh yes. Uh, There really isn't that much outside of that, even in that area, when you look at the good neighbor hotels around 
Disneyland. There's not a ton of like luxury, luxury hotels. It's like, I think the highest up you'd go is like the Marriott or the Hilton, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the Wolf Lodge. Isn't that, uh, that's Disney. Mm. And that one is, but is that's the kind of uh, luxury for kids more. I oh, guess. I see. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's up there for as far as like amenities, but uh, I don't know if you would still consider it a luxury. Mm. But, but I mean, if I was a kid, I would totally love to stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally, man. And I know that um, I know that like there's a JW Marriott, which is kind of upper crust luxury uh, that's opening up in that area too. But um, I mean, do you think there's space for another luxury kind of hotel like that? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely space for it. Um, but you know, for me, you know, staying at a luxury, uh, hotel is like, it's kind of a waste cause I'm not going to be there. I'm using it to sleep. So yeah. that's, my, that's my approach too, is like find something in that, like, uh, if you book early enough, you may be able to be lucky and get it in that 100 to 150 range and just use it to crash. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, so moving over to, uh, or I guess one more story around Disneyland. So, uh, they announced at, um, D23, that new daytime parade that's coming to Disneyland called magic happens. Uh, that is officially coming on February 28th. Um, and so, uh, they've talked a little bit about, uh, more about it and, their theme that they're going for is that it is celebrating moments of magic from your favorite Disney and Pixar movies. Uh, and they had a couple of concept art pieces early that showed kind of Moana and Coco floats, but they have a few more. So they've, they've uh, came out with Cinderella, Sword in the Stone, and Princess and the Frog. They have a quick little video on it too, which we'll take a look at here. Magic Happens is an all-new parade opening at Disneyland Park on February 28, 2020. And in this parade, we celebrate moments of magic that happen in our Disney and Pixar characters' lives. We are at such an exciting part of the process of the Magic Happens Parade. All of the floats are here at Disneyland Park. We're putting the finishing touches on them, and we have just finished recording the music. We're so excited to work with Todd Recall, partnering on all of the music for the parade. The costumes for Magic Happens are truly unbelievable. We are embodying the spirit of the movies. You've never seen things like this on the streets of Disneyland Park before. We are in rehearsal right now. Our team is working to deliver a new fresh style, and I know that our performers are super excited to present it to the guests. I can't wait to watch them delight in the magic of Coco, the transformation of Cinderella, the moment in Sword in the Stone when Arthur pulls the sword out and proves he can be the king, even for Princess Tiana and Naveen when they transform into their regal finale. It's just gonna be unbelievable. Thoughts? It looks good, I mean, Disney knows how to do a parade. Yeah. You know, we were lucky uh, last year. We actually got a chance to look at the electric light parade just before. We got to see it on the last day that they had it nice. uh, at the end of the the run uh, in September. Right. But, uh, I mean, we love a good parade. Yeah. And they, I mean, those floats look awesome. Yeah. I mean. Sword in the Stone one looks pretty incredible. The, uh, the Coco one looks pretty awesome, too. What they need to do is they need to find that guy who uh, pulled the so st sword out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 
So this was just like, this was a recent story as well, right? Yeah. It was like some dude rolled up and just like, he was like some, was he a strong man or he was something, Something, right? he was, he's huge. He must've yeah. been like crazy strong and apparently he pulled it out and it took them like a week or so to notice that the sword was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so he took the sword with him. I guess he did. I guess so. <laughs> that's a souvenir. Yeah. So it, that's a weird one too. I mean, just for, for context. So the... At Disney, at Magic Kingdom, I believe they still uh, have that ceremony where every once in a while a kid can pull the sword uh, up. They stopped doing that at Disneyland a while ago. Right. And so since then, I mean, you go into Fantasyland, Sword in the Stone's there. It's not coming out. No. Nah. So uh, unless you're some huge hulked out dude that just... Yeah. It moves it a little bit, so you feel yeah. like, oh, it's, Maybe it's you moving. Could. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, he must have just, he had the touch. He's the next king. Maybe they contacted him about riding on that float. Uh, so moving over to Disney World, a couple of pieces. So they've uh, announced that Smuggler's Run is going to join the Fast Plus, Fast Pass Plus system starting in February. So on February, if you have a trip planned already, February 19th or later, um, you can start making Fast Pass Plus reservations now in advance. Um, and so no word yet on if this is going to come over to Disneyland. I expect that it will at some point. They've got fast pass facilities all set up. Mm, nice. Uh, usually it takes about a year, I think, before they'll put in like fast pass for new, new trip, new rides. Yeah. But, uh, I'm glad, I hope they do put it in sooner than later because, you know, some of those, I mean, there's not many rides in the galaxy's edge, so, you know, standing in line all day is kind of a bummer. And there's a, a lot of other stuff you want to do. Yeah. I feel too. It's like, it seems like smugglers run doesn't have too much of a, too much of a standby time. Like maybe every once in a while, I mean, I, I can only speak for Disneyland, but maybe every once in a while it'll get up to like 60 minutes plus, but it's usually pretty good. I, I know that it is considered like a people eater. Like it takes tons of people at, one time. Uh, well, I mean, cause you got that, uh, this kind of the standby area. Mm -hmm. So That's I think, true. I mean, trying to get people in and out of there. And, uh, a lot of times, I mean, when you, when you get into the standby area, some people just aren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a kind of a system to kind of get those people in and whatnot, especially I'm sure during peak, it's probably going to be insane, yeah. especially now that rises of resistance That's true. Has opened up. So, that's a good point. It's definitely, they may not have seen uh, peak park attendance for that area yet. Well, for, I mean, I know, I, uh, I know I have some friends who were really interested in seeing, get, going to Galaxy's Edge, but they were waiting for Rise of Resistance because they just said, well, it wasn't, uh, there's no point to go for one ride. Right. They wanted at least two rides. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then also from uh, Disney World, so there is a uh, a new nighttime spectacular show coming to Epcot, which is currently under a pretty massive renovation right now. It's like if you've, you know, at D23, they announced uh, like a complete overhaul of most of Epcot and the lands. And so part of that was this new nighttime show. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, they've... They've shown, they started showing some concept art for it. It looks like 
you know, it's going to, it's going to incorporate kind of your, what you would expect from a modern day Disney nighttime spectacular. But I mean, the shows at nighttime for Disney world, because they have all of that space and it's all there. Um, it's all theirs is significantly better than anything we have on the West coast. Yeah. I mean, they have this space, the, the, the real estate to really put on, you know, what we would like to see over here. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, put wind warnings, use, I mean. wind warnings. We always get that. Oh, over yeah. here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of those things like, uh, when you go to the Halloween night and the, they had, they used to only do the fire, the special fireworks show those nights. Yeah. That, and if you paid for that night for the trick and treat and, see the fireworks show and then all of a sudden they like, oh, I'm sorry, wind warning, no, no, uh, light show. So fireworks, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. One night that you had one shot. They're not giving you your money back. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so finally, um, looking over at universal news. So, uh, Comcast is confirmed, even though it's been suspended, Expected that this was going to be the case, but they've confirmed that Super Nintendo World, uh, which is opening up in Japan this summer to coincide with the Olympics, but that it is coming to uh, Universal Orlando, but that specifically it's coming to that new Epic Universe Park that they've been talking about um, that is scheduled to open in 2023. So they haven't confirmed the specific details. They haven't confirmed rides, but... We now know that it is going to be part of that new theme park. Um, and technically, I think they didn't even confirm that 2023 is when um, it's going to open, or at least Super Nintendo World is going to be open in 2023. But, I mean, if it's a major land as part of that park, chances are it'll be open with the rest of the park at 2023. Yeah. So that should be cool. There's also going to be, as we've heard about, um, you know, there is going to be uh, a version of it at Hollywood. It sounds like it's probably going to be a little bit on the smaller side. There is going to be a version of it at, um, in Singapore as well. I haven't given much details about it other than, I mean, we know that it's under construction in Hollywood. They've been working on it. They haven't confirmed it, but I mean, it's like everybody understands that like in that lower lot where that construction is happening, that is going to be super Nintendo world, uh, universal Hollywood. Yeah. Well, they definitely need it down in the lower lot because there's not a whole lot down there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty empty right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and they uh, it definitely will help them. Um, I, I'm actually really excited for it. They shown with uh, Harry Potter that they can actually do a kind of Disney like land, uh, which is cool. Plus, I imagine since it's Super Nintendo, well, it's Nintendo based. I imagine that all the rides and whatever will be very interactive. Yeah. They, so. they showed that they had, this was a couple of weeks ago. They had that kind of music video um, that came out with their, they had like an announcement kind of briefing out of Japan for universal um, Japan. And uh, so they showed some elements. It was, it was hard to tell like what was, kind of juiced up for the music video yeah. and what was like, Oh no, this is actually what to expect from the park because it was all pretty much CGI based. And it was a lot of kind of like theoretical as opposed to 
you know, practical. And so, but they did show one of the things that they, they pretty heavily um, zeroed in on was you do have some kind of wristband similar to a magic band that you would get it. It looked similar anyway to a magic band you would get at Disney world. And I, I think the idea is it's going to track, you know, your score, but certain other aspects that you're doing possibly on the rides, possibly in the land itself. There's been a lot of different kind of like rumors going on about the rides, you know, a Mario Kart ride is rumored to kind of be the sort of marquee attraction. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because if it's magic band like technology, how will that fly over here in California? Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I think I even saw like something where they were like activating it by like hitting like a, uh, a brick. Yeah. They were jumping on the, they were, they were hit, right. Hitting the brick above them doing that kind yeah. of like classic Mario pose. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, oh man, uh, a Mario Kart ride just, uh sounds fun. I mean, it, 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 I mean, you're totally right. Like if they're able to execute at the same level that they've done at, with, um, with, uh, Harry Potter, uh, world, then, uh, and the Harry Potter lands at all of the parks, then, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. And I mean, really for it to be in its own kind of park too, as part of Epic universe, that's already going to be a huge draw to kind of a, uh, to, to a brand new theme park where we honestly don't have that much information right now other yeah. than some very brief sketches. But. Plus outside of Japan, I mean, we really don't have any kind of video game oriented like theme parks. So this is, like new territory for the U S yeah. so uh, that's exciting in and of itself. And yeah. of course, you know, Nintendo is beloved by many, many people. So uh, like, I wonder if they're going to have any kind of like special, like uh, things for your, like to work with your switch or, or game I, boys. I definitely or will. I think, I think that would be such a missed opportunity if they don't have some kind of, uh, you know, uh, interactivity with your Nintendo console. Oh yeah. Uh, that would be, that would be huge. So yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. I mean, I'm excited to hear, I mean, it is, it, it's a little surprising that, uh, there actually isn't more information on it because when you think about it, it's maybe like four or five months away from opening in Japan. And we know very little. There's very little confirmed information. Yeah. But it's Nintendo too. So it's like, they already know they got you. Yeah. They got you. Right. People are going. I mean, it's not like, oh, yeah. it's like trying to hype like hype something up that you we already got people. So I actually like think it's a smart move to put their money towards other things. Yeah. But uh anyways, I mean, I'm not necessarily so surprised on that just because it's Nintendo. Does Nintendo really give out a whole lot of information on anything? They just say, Hey, this is coming out and then people buy it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all you need to say is uh, Super uh, Nintendo or Super Mario theme park. And I mean, it's such a recognizable IP that, I mean, it really is, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it is a global scale IP. So uh, you're right. I mean, there's just marketing's there, I guess, in that sense. Especially in Japan, that's just, it's going to be in, insane how packed that park's going to be. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So, so moving on. 
really the what what I want to spend most of this episode talking about is rise of the resistance. We briefly touched upon certain aspects of it at the beginning of of the episode, but um, you know, it just opened last Friday, and I was there on Tuesday and Wednesday. My hope in initially planning it was like, all right, the initial craziness is going to be that Friday, that Saturday, that Sunday. Maybe you'll have some spillover into Monday, but really by the time that Tuesday and Wednesday hits, that kind of initial rush will have died down. And I was totally wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. Oh, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, it was both as expected and even crazier. So, um, so leading up to even my trip, you know, we, we had the information out of Hollywood studios when their rise of the resistance opened up in terms of what this boarding process was going to be like. And if you back it up even further, um, you know, I was one of the, I was, I was one of the lucky masses, I guess, when, uh, when galaxy's edge opened up here at Disneyland, I was able to get one of those kind of reserved spots for that. What was it like month of previews that they okay. kind of did? Um, and that process was crazy because uh, it, there wasn't a lot of information. They, they, they really did a terrible job of explaining like, Hey, this is what the process is going to be. So when that time came around to get, um, your reservation to get into galaxy's edge, it really was just like a cluster. Like nobody knew quite what was going on at first. They said eight o'clock, then it ended up being 10. Um, or maybe it was like, we'll give you, I think, I think what it was was we'll give you the information in terms of what you have to do at eight and then reservations open up at 10. And, and so it was totally crazy. Everything was gone within, you know, all the reservations were gone within a half an hour. Like I said, I was lucky enough to get one. Um, which was great. So I kind of went in expecting like, this is, this is a process that, um, that's going to be a little nuts. And like I said, we already had the information out of, out of Disney world and Orlando to know that like, yeah, it's going to be a little crazy. Um, and so like, I, like we were talking about the way that the system works is, you know, you need to be in the park, uh, the second that, that park, uh, that the park opens up. So, um, Tuesday and Wednesday were nine o'clock days. So they let everyone in at like eight 30 for a rope drop. And you just kind of waited. And it was, I mean, it was super packed at first. I mean, really, you know, they're very good at getting everyone into the park fast. So it wasn't like if you showed up, uh, even a half an hour early, if you showed up when people were going through the turnstiles, you were going to make it into the park. Um, but I mean, really it was, you know, up and in, up until they started letting people in, the crowds were all the way back to the entrance of California adventure. Um, I mean, people were ready and, and everyone was like me that was there and that they had looked at all of the videos from people that had shown like, this is the process, um, you know, because it had been open up, opened up a few days at, um, you know, here already, I think this was, so this was what Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, this was its fifth day that it was open. So you already had a lot of YouTubers and vloggers and bloggers and whatnot kind of comment about like how crazy the process is. The fact that, you know, uh, boarding passes were getting sold out and kind of all claimed within the first like one to three minutes of park opening officially. 
So you knew that it was going to be crazy. And, uh, and so I was there early. I had kind of extra prepared because I, I flew in that morning. I was, I got to the park plenty early. Um, I had a magic morning because I had like a three day ticket. So I was able to be in galaxy's edge pretty much. They walked everyone into galaxy's edge so that they could start lining up. And I just kind of like chilled to the side with a bunch of other people and just waited. And, um, and so nine o'clock rolls around. I start refreshing and going back and forth between find out more, oh, find out more. And there's this button that is kind of grayed out for the most part that says join boarding group. And so I'm just going back and forth and it's nine o'clock and it's nine Oh one and it's still grayed out. And, and around me, people are celebrating. People are celebrating. You hear like, yes, yeah. And then, you know, Oh yeah. Bah, bah, bah. And it is driving me insane because my, my boarding group button is still grayed out. So I quit out of the app, able to get back in. Finally, it shows up by the time it shows up. I think I, I think that first day I was in boarding group, like 86. Ooh. And they, like I said, there's a whole guarantee of, of the, it, it's not even a guarantee, but there's a whole kind of disclaimer that they give saying, Hey, if you are, and I think that day was because it was a shorter park day, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, there was the the um, disclaimer said, if you're 71 and above, you're in a backup group, essentially. So yeah. it's like, if we have time to get to you, we'll get to you. Um, and, you know, it's all dependent also on uh, how many breakdowns are happening. Uh, I was paying attention up, you know, the, the few days before. And it was going down pretty, I mean, it's semi, semi, semi infrequently. It wasn't like regularly down, but when it went down, I mean, it was down for an hour, if not more. Ooh. And there was even a day that weekend, that initial weekend, there was a day where they closed it two hours early because they were like, listen, it's not coming back up tonight. Forget about it. Ooh. So that, that puts kind of a whole damper on your day then. Cause you're like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be called. And if I am, I don't know when. And so you're kind of nervously checking your boarding groups because there's a screen that shows the status. Well, what boarding group are you? Where are we at right now? And so it was moving pretty fast that first day. Mm. Moving pretty fast. All right. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And really once, like, I think by noon, they were already at like group 40 or 50. I think like mid 40s. So I was feeling good. Mm. Long story short, my number gets called. I'm good to go. I'm like super pumped. Uh, I think it was maybe like 4 p.m. by the time they finally call my number. So still plenty of time. Get in line. Goes down. Ooh. It goes down while we're in line, while we're deeper into the queue. And, uh, you know, they tell you there's like a general announcement basically being like, hey, uh, it's uh, it's down essentially. We don't know when it's going to be back up. You're welcome to stay, but we don't know if it's going to come back up today. Yeah. So you're like, oh man, I don't know what to do. A bunch of people leave because it's 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 like at the hour mark, a bunch of people just bail and are like, forget about it. They turn off the music, <laughs> you know, like music playing to kind of get you in the mood. Music goes off at a certain point. 
People are wondering, do we stay? Do we go? Do we stay? Do we go? There's no way I was going anywhere until they tell me this ride's done for the day. I'm, I'm in. So uh, eventually the music does come back on and everything else moves normally. And, uh, and so it was great. The ride was fantastic. It was everything that you've heard people say, I mean, is completely accurate. And I think the, really the unsung heroes, uh, and they've been getting a lot of praise, but are the cast members that are involved in it? Because, Uh you know, we've talked about you and I before about kind of the, how strange it is within galaxy's edge that everyone is in character and that, um, and that it has like cool possibilities, but in the end it's like when I'm asking to, I'm asking where the trash is and you point me and you know, you tell me, Oh, the compactors around the corner. It's a little like, I kind of roll my eyes at it and are like, got it. Okay. Sure. Like, got it, got it, got it. Um, or, you know, when, and it was the same thing while we were waiting in line, like they were not saying, uh, or, or while the ride was down, they weren't saying the ride is down. It was like all within this kind of like fiction. So due to first order activity, you know, all missions have been, you know, canceled for the time being, you know, well, we expect that maybe the activity will, and it's just like, Oh, okay. I got it. Got it. Okay. I appreciate it, but whatever. But in the context of this ride, when it was running, it was incredible because, you know, um, when people are kind of loading you into certain, you know, your ride vehicles, like they're really pumped up. They're adding to that urgency. You know, the whole kind of concept is that you're kind of on this transport that gets, um, that gets, uh, that gets uh, stopped by the, uh, the, by the first order and you, they pull you in with a tractor beam. And so you're kind of on the first order ship. And so of course all the cast members are dressed up in first order uh, kind of gear. Um, There's like tons of stormtroopers, but there's tons of like officers. And so they're giving you directions, but, in that kind of fictional universe. So they're like purposefully being dickish to you. They're purposefully being like super stern, you know, like, uh, um, uh, kind of figure. So, uh, and so that worked really well. Like I was like, okay, this is like, this is what I'm talking about. So, I mean, when you're talking about that, are they, I mean, I, I imagine they're just people walking around who are interacting with you. It's not necessarily, uh, the people who are loading you on. No, the people that are loading you on are like, are getting you fired up. Like oh, okay. are, are super in character. So, um, you know, there's like the whole, like I said, what the, the, the whole concept of the ride is that, you know, you take off from Batu and fly into space and you're trying to like, you know, get to some other planet and you get intercepted. Uh, so the whole thing is like, as you're being loaded, the, the person, the cast member was like, Hey, are we ready to take on the first order? And everyone's like, yeah. Okay. And you know, there are, um, they do a great job on the ride. I mean, it, 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 it cannot be said enough how fantastic just all these little elements of the ride really are, but, um, they do a great job of showing you something physical, like, um, like a big X wing or uh, or just like the space around you as you're getting into the loading ship, that then, you know, when you're on the loading ship, you have like a front and a rear window that has that are screens, really. But those objects that you've seen physically are represented there. So if you, it was kind of like this in Smuggler's Run 2, where it was like, 
much more, much simpler though. So it was like, you know, if it was, if it was, um, it was dusk when you're loading onto the millennium Falcon, it would be dusk in the ride itself or nighttime or daytime. And it was similar in that sense too. Same thing where it was like, I think I loaded, we loaded in the daytime, but by the time the ride was up, we were exiting at night. And actually that shift was represented in the ride at certain points. So, um, so, you know, that was awesome. But, you know, there's a whole point where you load into the cargo ship and Poe's X-Wing is like right behind you. And the cast member is like, wave to Poe. He's going to keep you safe. And so you wave to Poe. It's cool. And you load in. And then, you know, when you're on the transport vehicle, it's like you see that X-Wing take off with you when you're taking off from the area. So there's like, there's just like a lot of those kind of aspects. Um, Or, you know, like I said, when you get rescued from the first order ship, uh, the, um, the cast members are like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, let's load like, uh, and kind of add that level of urgency. So you're getting like pumped up. Um, oh, I guess my question would be is like one of those things that for some reason just like kills the mood. You know, yeah. you're getting pumped up for this. How are the seats? <laughs> uh, the seats were fine. I mean, they were, uh, non-notable in that, um, they were fine. You're talking about like in terms of like space, they weren't space. So they did that, not feel too small. I was not. Uh, so there's, there's only one section where you're like seated and it felt fine. I mean, they've, I want to say it was, I think it's three, it's two rows, three, three, three people per row. And so it felt, felt fine. So six people in a, six people in a vehicle. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's not bad. Yeah. And then it, because it's like the the way that the ride is structured, there's um, there's kind of like two ride sections, I guess you could say, uh, and then and then there's when you're transitioning, it's like uh, it's like or or there's like and then you're in queues that are they're like highly themed part of the story queues, so the way the the best way that I could describe a lot of it, a lot of those transitions were, well, it would be to like compare it to Haunted Mansion where you know, when you load into the haunted mansion and you go into that, um, you go into that, uh, the expanding room, uh, stretching room, um, like, and then you walk down below the walking below the train tracks, but you know, you're walking through the hallway of the haunted mansion and there are the kind of changing pictures that, um, that are setting that mood, even though technically you're kind of in the queue, (laughs) you're in a queue. Um, it's a lot like that. So, you know, there's like transition pieces where it's almost like star tours light that, but that do transition you from one area to the next. Yeah. You get out and it's, it's a different area than where you entered in. Um, you're standing for that. Uh, but then there is like, while you're waiting to be put into a detention cell, that's like, you're part of the queue. Okay. So cool. uh now uh questions pertaining to uh my future trip. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can do you think would you recommend an expectant mother going on this? I, I mean I don't so I'm no doctor, Henry Hall. So I don't <laughs> no, I mean it so in terms of like intensity, it wasn't an intense ride per se. And in fact, like even when you're on the ride ride, like the legit full trackless portion of the ride, um, it is, you are moving fast. You're kind of getting thrown around a little bit. It's, it's mostly like you're doing really fast turns. 
at certain times. There is one portion at the end where you have like maybe like a half a second to a second of like a feeling of a free fall drop. Um, And then it's a little more intense as you're kind of being thrashed around a little bit. It wasn't, honestly, it wasn't too bad. That being said, I have no idea what Disneyland's kind of policy is for expecting mothers. So they may be a little more bullish, but I mean, there wasn't anything that, that you certainly, it wasn't like, you know, operation breakout where, yeah, oh, like well, multiple seconds of free yeah. fall. <laughs> well, I mean, for instance, like I think Star Tours, I don't think I would I wouldn't want to see somebody expecting on that just because there's moments where you're kind of being jerked forward and yeah. stuff. It can it can get pretty it can get pretty rough at times and but uh I mean looking at at the ride and the fact that it's like the trackless, I was like so uh, I would say if we're using Star Tours as our barometer, um, probably no, because that, that so that portion I was telling you about at the end is pretty equivalent to Star Tours. Mm, okay, it's pretty equivalent. So if you're not comfortable doing that, that's a that's a good it's a good test. If you're not comfortable doing that, okay, it's which is too bad because it's really only like the last fifteen seconds, twenty seconds of the ride or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah that's pretty rough. We'll have to see. I think uh, talking to my uh, little sister, she was actually saying something like, well, most of the rides, you know, they say, you know, you can ride it, but they don't recommend it or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely not any kind of like roller coasters or or Guardians of the Galaxy, that, those things like those are pretty rough. But uh, but, you know. I, I I questioned something like say like Radiator Springs Racers, which isn't really a roller coaster to me. Yeah. But when I took my parents, they thought it was the ro- they basically said it was a roller coaster. Oh, I wasn't prepared for that. It was so fast. And it's yeah. like uh it didn't feel that fast to me, but uh right. you know, different different people, you know, feel different things. So uh yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the better question is going to be, are they going to still be using the boarding pass system? They probably will, is my guess. And just like, you may not have to worry about it. (laughs) Because that second day that I was there, I had a lower number. I pulled 65, didn't get on. I mean, I had to leave the park by six, but still, I didn't get on. It it um, It was down right before my number got called. And then this was at like 3.30, I think. It was like, no, it was like 3 that it went down. And then close to like 3.30, 3.45, it went back up. And so my number was called. So I I went, started walking back over there. By the time I got over there uh, and was like, hey, here's my number. It's called. They were like, oh, it's back down. And, um, and I waited in line until like 5.45, was not back up. Uh, so, I mean... It all depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So glad I got on it and it worked as well as it did that first day, even with that one that one hour breakdown. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how. It, you know, it's like it's such a. We, I could be totally wrong, but it seems like the general consensus is that the number that they're giving with the boarding passes is random. So even if you're there early, like you being there earlier doesn't matter. It's just like. It's either 
you're entered into a lottery, which is how, which is how galaxy's edge when it opened that early reservation system opened up uh, was that it was basically you waited on a screen that refreshed every 15 seconds and it was random whoever got chosen oh, okay. during the refresh so like if you were the first person into the park and you got the first uh, boarding pass you're not guaranteed to be in in the first uh the first number one you may get 50 maybe or maybe even higher or i don't so it sounded well, like that was the general consensus was like yeah exactly you so it's it's kind of at at nine o'clock it's a free-for-all and it might just be that at that point it's impossible to tell because there's so many people trying to connect at one time it's impossible to tell like who um who gets first <laughs> who gets in before other people but i know that there were there were a lot of people talking about and complaining that they got to the park early. They were in by eight o'clock, which was during the, you know, the weekend when it was mm -hmm. really crowded and that they were checking directly at eight and they got like some ridiculously high number, even though there were people that got boarding passes after them that got lower numbers. Oh, so that's okay. why it sounds like it's a random, yeah, yeah. it's a random draw. A oh, question for you as far as like, were you using the, um, were you relying on the, uh, the, uh, the Wi-Fi? No. Oh, you're hell no. <laughs> yeah. Cause I imagine with that many people in that area, the Wi-Fi is going to be sketchy. Yeah. And then, uh, and then even your service provider could be tricky because it was all sketchy. Uh, there was someone speculating that, Oh, well maybe there's, maybe there's a priority given to those on Wi-Fi because they already recognize that you're pulling from a inside the park uh, at that point, as opposed to, you know, relying on GPS to check your, uh, to check your information. I, I have no idea. I don't think that's the case because it's using your, your ticket to know whether you're scanned in or not. And if, as long as you scan in, so technically as long as you scan in, uh, for like rope drop, you could then leave the park, go into California adventure, go into downtown Disney and still get a boarding pass. But it's, it's just like, you just need to be scanned in before the park opens. Okay. Oh, I guess they, that was going to, I guess that answers the other question is like, could you actually, could you scan into California Adventure and, and still? I don't think they do a rope drop. Well, I mean, could you be in the California Adventure oh, Park and, no. and get the boarding pass? No. Uh, all right. So, I mean, there's a couple of reasons why I've heard, well, it sounds like it's dependent on you being scanned into Disneyland. Also, I think it would be difficult to be in because I don't, like I said, I don't think there's a California Adventure rope drop. So oh, you yeah. would technically be in after, after nine, nine, which I mean, like I said, even when I was there, those, the boarding passes were still gone within the first like five minutes. Whoa. So, I mean, it, it really was, it really was just like nuts. And not only that, interestingly, and I'd never seen this before, after the boarding passes were all gone, everybody left the park. Huh. So part of me was expecting like, oh, oh shit, like there's so many people here right now. The park is going to be slammed today. Like not only do I have to have the like stress of having a high boarding pass number, but I'm going to be in just like terrible lines all day. Yeah. That did not happen. Literally people got either got their boarding pass or didn't get their, didn't get a boarding pass and then just lines of people just streamed out of the park. All of a sudden, like I would say by, uh, you know, park open at nine, by 9.30, 9.45, before 10 o'clock, 
park was pretty empty. So there's, there's gotta be either a lot of people, like a lot of locals trying to get in on it Uh. before work. There's gotta be, I'm wondering if there were people that woke up early and were like, great, if we get it, awesome. And if we don't, whatever, we'll go back to bed. Um, And so maybe they got like late boarding passes or didn't get them. And then we're like, all right, we'll go back to the hotel. We'll go get breakfast. We'll go whatever. Um, But it was weird. It was a strange thing because then, uh, I mean, the most, I max pass all the way no matter what, but it was still like, you know, by at like one or 2 PM, it was like almost a walk on for pirates. It was almost a walk on for, I think, I think Radiator Springs was maybe at like 40 minutes, mm. which was kind of my barometer. It's yeah. kind of how I tell how busy the park is because Radiator Springs on a busy day is terrible. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a really long line. It was not too long. You could stand by that. And you didn't need to have Max Pass to get a boarding pass. No. Okay. No. Nor did it help. Okay. Uh, oh, and uh, I guess... I wonder, like, if you have multiple, like, people with you, uh, getting that boarding pass, mm. will you have to have, a, like, one app, like, have all of those tickets on one app, and then... This is a good point, because this is, I, I feel like this is almost a hack. It's not a hack, but it definitely is a disadvantage if you are someone like me, who's a solo park goer, because... What it allows you to do, I mean, it it uses the same system as like a max pass in that you can bundle tickets together. So I can manage my party as a single person. And if I get a max pass for a ride, I can get max passes for everybody in my party as a single person, right? Yeah. As, a, as, a, as, as the manager of my group. What it'll allow you to do, what, it, what, the, what the system allows you to do now is every single person in your group can add the rest of the group and everyone can try at the same time to be getting boarding passes. So there were groups of like seven people, all seven people had each of the six other members in their group added to their, to their system. And we're all trying to get boarding passes for everybody in the group. First person that gets it, gets all those boarding passes for everybody. So you have, you know, seven attempts to get boarding passes. Mm. So if, if, I'm not refreshing fast enough. Maybe somebody else has. Yeah. But then as soon as, I mean, so as soon as that they get it, then everyone has to stop. The other thing is um, they were telling people, they were very strict about if you have people in your party that have boarding passes with you and that person, somebody in your group isn't there, nobody gets on. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, I, that I, I'm glad. Yeah. You know, Cause I was, I was, they were very strict about that. They were very strict about like, hey, if your number's done, it's done. Unless there was a breakdown. I think they said to us, like, if you come back at any point, even after your group, even after your boarding ticket is expired, then we'll still today, we'll let you we'll let you on if we go back yeah. up. What kind of time frame do they give you if you, if they call your, like, do they send you a message on the, on the app and like. Yes. So if you have notifications uh, added and there then um, if you have notifications available then or activated, you'll get a notification saying that it's your boarding time. And then as soon as you get, as soon as your boarding number gets called, you have two hours. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like, it seemed like when things are moving normally, 
it's 10 boarding groups per hour, pretty much. Okay. Oh, that's at least at least two hours. That's a good good amount of time to get there. Yeah. You could uh, be. And have time to, hopefully, you'll get a signal at some point yeah. in the time. Because uh, I know, well, at least if you're in uh, California Adventure, the your uh, the Wi-Fi and even just regular like service provider uh, can be really uh, spotty. You know, it's just so the way that it the way that I it, it was kind of disappointing because yeah they they have this awesome ride and really there's no I don't know what the I don't know what the solution is that makes everybody happy. There's no like perfect choice here when it comes to how do we manage this demand for the ride. It seems like the way that it's set up adds a lot of stress. Like it really, like when it's just a very stressful experience to feel like I have got to get to the park and be in the gates the second that it opens and I have two minutes to get a a pass. And even if I get a pass, it might not be called depending on how long the ride functions. If it goes down for multiple hours, Um, you know, it's, I was, I was very lucky in that I was there for multiple days and the fir- the day that I got on, there was really only that one block of downtime. It sounds like that has not been the case for most of the time. So really, this is why they're giving this like, hey, if you're 70 and above, like we hope to get to you. Don't count on it necessarily. Yeah. And so, I take it they don't have any kind of like standby or mm, single right. rider. Nope. Or no, no. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's It's basically boarding pass or forget about it. Yeah. And I mean, it's nice. It, it And it's like, it's nice because of course it manages uh, the amount of waiting time that you have. And to, just like that representative said in that quote from the LA times, it's like, it's very true that it is nice to be like, Oh, I can go and do other stuff while I'm waiting for my number to be called. Um, I imagine it's a much nicer experience if you have like 20 or 30 or even 40, as opposed to like, 60 or 80 or a hundred. And then you spend your day in the park wondering like, is my number going to be called? Am I going to even get a chance to ride this? Because man, if I, if it had been, if I had been there two days and I mean, I planned this trip explicitly to ride this <laughs> as soon as I had an opening, as soon as I had an opening date, um, it would have been, I would have been so pissed if I would have missed both days. Yeah. If I wouldn't have right. Or if I wouldn't have got on it. Oh Yeah. I imagine. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, you know, getting in and then like, and then not being able to ride it, even if you're like in, in waking up early. Yeah. It, like, I mean, for us, it's going to be rough because I don't think we've ever been there during rope drop. Yeah. Trying to get my wife out of the bed and moving. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to go over. Well. I mean, <laughs> so the only thing to say is like, if, if, if the system is still going on, then it just has to be an understanding of you can go to bed afterwards. After we, after we get our boarding passes, you can, we, you can go back to the hotel, but you gotta be, you gotta be at the park the second the park opens. Yeah. See, that's not going to, it's, it's pretty much, it's not so much that she's going to want more sleep. It's, it's getting her up to put her makeup on and going through all that. Uh, sacrifices must be made, Lori. <laughs> sacrifices must be made. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I think as long as we really, really plan for it, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, but like I said, it's, it, it is a strange system in that it's setting up so that most people that are attempting this, well, I don't, I would say most park goers are not going to be able to ride this ride. Right. Yeah. It's like if right now the system is set up so that if you are there at rope drop, you have a pretty good chance of getting a number that you'll get, you know, that will get called. Um, but not everyone that's there. And there's probably a good portion of people that won't get called either because they'll, you know, there'll be breakdowns that'll delay everything or it'll, they'll just, they'll just run out within the first few minutes. <sighs> Hopefully that demand will die down. I don't, I don't know though. I don't know when it will. It's just, yeah, I'm sure it will at some point, but anyway, I mean, it is a totally awesome experience, totally worth just the insanity. Like I said, it really is like a, a Disney ride, unlike anything else. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully when you're there, you'll get a chance to experience it too, because I want to talk to you a ton about it. I've, there's a lot of like spoilery stuff that I don't want to talk about and spoil it because I was already pretty spoiled by the time I went in and it was still incredible. But man, if I didn't know what to expect, I would have been blown away. I was already blown away. It was already like, just like the scale and the fact that they're, that they're able to accomplish this, um, in the way that they are, they're able to really execute at such a high level, uh, is ridiculously impressive. But if you go in relatively blind, <laughs> get ready, man. Oh yeah. Well, I imagine, uh, yeah, I've, I've already heard that. Well, I mean, I didn't hear like specifics about the ride, but I've heard a lot of stuff about like how good it is. Uh, even from, uh, somebody who heads up, uh, a certain company. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you might know somebody, one or two people on the inside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she said it was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's coming from somebody, I mean, given, you know, she's not going to talk it down, but, you know, still, you know, she works with people who do a lot of amazing things and whatnot. So. Yeah. Well, so this episode, really, I wanted to dedicate to just this process and, uh, you know, the process of getting on the ride and just how incredible the ride is. I do want to discuss, I think it is worth talking about where this leaves galaxy's edge now, because it, 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 I mean, there's no way that a ride that is of this high quality, this level of e-ticket attraction doesn't transform any land within a Disney park. So I want to dig deeper into that. I, we should, we should dedicate a future episode to just like galaxy's edge. Now what's it like now versus when it opened, is it, is it, is it where it needs to be? in terms of, you know, Disneyland. Yeah. But I mean, the thing too, we should also like consider too, is that uh, when they open up Avengers campus, mm. it's going to be same, same thing that they did with the uh, galaxy's edge. Yeah. I mean, it's going to open with only one ride. It's <laughs> not even going to be the big, big e-ticket ride that's going to come later. So, I mean, are they going to experience the same issues uh, or, I mean, that's a good point. I guess, the did they learn anything from that? There's been a lot of back and forth in terms of, you know, whether that was a failure or not. But 
yeah, well, let's talk about that at a different episode because that's super interesting as well. Uh, and it's not that far away. Oh yeah. Summer yeah. this yeah. year, Avengers campus. Yeah. Crazy to think that you get something that is of the level of rise of the resistance and Avengers campus all in the same year. Yeah. A lot of big things like opening up. I mean, I mean, still got to consider like galaxy's edge just opened last year and then we're going to get an Avengers land, uh, Avengers campus this year. Yeah. That's super significant. It really is incredible. It cannot be overstated. There was a time where it was rare that Disneyland resort, uh, or I mean, Hollywood studios or any of these, any of these Disney parks period it was pretty rare when you would get a major e-ticket attraction. Now it seems like it is raining e-tickets. Yeah, I mean, just and just new lands just and just new stuff. Big things, just like new rides coming on on board so frequently now. It's, I mean, Disney's experiencing a boom. And you know what? I couldn't be happier that we're here to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that is it for this week's episode of the Great Park Hop. Uh, if you're looking to immerse yourself more in even more Disney Park goodness, check out my Adventures in VR YouTube channel where you can experience your favorite theme park attractions in VR and 360 degree video. Thanks for joining us this time. Till then, I'll talk to you soon.